it's Bobby. We're so glad you're listening to the Empowered Homes podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to grow strong families by connecting church and home. Today's episode, Maggie and I get on the phone with Michael Kelly, and we talk about his new family devotional. It's called The Whole Story for the Whole Family, A Year of Jesus-Centered Family Devotionals. It is 365 devotionals for you and your family. It's easy to throw on the coffee table, on the dinner table. Uh, There's so many great practical things every single day for you to do with with your family. Uh, It's designed for, you know, younger families, but older families can get just as much out of it. It's really, really good. Um, But more importantly, we talk about the importance of opening God's Word together as a family and the power of discipleship when that happens, especially when parents are leading as the primary faith trainer. So you'll be blessed by this episode. If you want more information about Michael Kelly, you can get it on the description of this podcast. Or you can find a ton of great resources at empoweredhomes.org. How are you today? Hey, Maggie. I'm doing awesome. Good, uh, we, good. We got a special one today. I know. Yeah. Why don't you introduce our guest? So we have a guest on the phone, Michael Kelly. Uh, Michael Kelly is a husband, father, uh, lives in Nashville, Tennessee, and serves as Senior Vice President of Church Ministries for Lifeway. Uh, and he's also an author. He's, he's written a few books, but we're going to talk about one of his books today. I'm super excited about it. But without further ado, Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. So glad to so glad to join you via phone today and and talk through these things. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. we're super excited. So before we jump in, uh, who are you? I know I told a little bit about you, but tell me about your family. Tell me about you know ministry and, and everything. What who who are you? If no one's heard your name, who who's Michael yeah. Kelly? Yeah, for sure. So we we do live in the Nashville area, but I'm originally from Texas. I was sharing with you guys earlier. I'm from a small town out in West Texas, and uh, my my wife is from eastern New Mexico, so uh, it's a little little tie to the home over there. Uh, we do have three children, so our oldest uh, son is Joshua. He's 16 years old, and that's a, that's a real thing, is to have a 16-year-old out <laughs> on the road and, and, and that kind wow. of stuff. It's a whole new life, that. right? Boy, I'm telling you, it is, and it, you know, it has its benefits he picked up dinner for everybody last night so that's so that's great uh we have a uh, a 16 year old and then we have a daughter who is 13 and then we have another son who is 11 so we're we're sort of in the thick of it of of teens and preteens and uh trying to navigate all those trying to navigate all those things um i serve at lifeway and so uh i i lead the team that does the um uh, a lot of the work that we do for families, for kids, for students, and for adults, uh, for the different resources that we create for the church. Um, and then, you know, I'm also an elder at our church here uh, in the South Nashville area, which is a great, a great joy to be able to do that. Beyond that, you know, my wife and I also are second grade Sunday school teachers. All so right. we, we <laughs> So we do that week in and, and, um, and, and week out. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about who we are. I love that, and as a children's minister, I especially love that you are serving with second graders. Those are some—that's a fun age. It is a fun age. It's you know, I guess every age probably has its unique challenges. But, that's yeah. But boy, you know, with those guys, you put—you you certainly know how it is. You, you put fifteen or twenty second graders in a room. It, it's one of those things where 
you know, if you teach an adult Bible study, you can skate by a little bit. But with second graders, if, if you don't have your act together, uh-huh. it's, it's going to become Lord of the Flies oh, in yes. about seven minutes in that, <laughs> in that classroom. <laughs> I would imagine that you walk away with some good stories each week. <laughs> hundred percent. There, there are many. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Michael, the title of your book that we're talking about today is The Whole Story for the Whole Family, A Year of Jesus-Centered Family Devotions. So can you talk about the heart and sort of the why behind why you wrote this book? I, I would love to do that. Uh, so we have been doing a, a, a regular family devotion in our home each morning for about the last 10 years. Now, if you rewind and, and see our, our kids are older than, than that. So it, I'm one of the guys who for many years in our home, having a regular time that we read the Bible together and pray together, it was always one of those things that was, wouldn't it be nice if we did that? And I just, I, I couldn't ever really get over the hump and, and just try and get that discipline started in our home. But eventually we did, by God's grace, and, and it has been sustainable. And we've used a, a lot of different resources over the years to try and help us do that. And uh, with each one of those resources, we, we have uh, you know, adjusted it and modified it to try and fit the, the rhythm of what we do here. And it, you know, it came to the point where we, we had done this long enough where my wife and I were talking and, and just said, you know what, maybe I would try to take some of the things that we have learned over the last 10 years and actually write one of write one of these that would be helpful uh, for families to get started in this practice. So something that's really approachable, that's very attainable and sustainable uh, on a, on a daily basis. And so that's really where it came from. It's from our own experience. And then just the benefit of, of seeing what that discipline has done in the, the lives of our kids and us as, as parents. I wanted other yeah. people to be able to have, to have that blessing too. So as you mentioned, I mean, you see the benefits in the lives of your kids. Give us some examples. I know we always talk about uh, want, wanting to read the Bible as a family, and we always, you know, press even our families that are listening right now, like, man, the importance of, of being in it. But sometimes we're, we're nervous. We don't know where to start. But what are some fruits that you have seen the last 10 years? Yeah, it, it there, there have been many, although I, I should be quick to say it's not you know, I, I think any anybody who's been a parent for more than about five minutes knows that when you start doing something like this, you, you don't expect revival to break out every <laughs> single morning, right? Like yes. it's it's still fumbling your way through, and and you know, five times out of ten, it's something's going to go off the rails when we do this, right? Now that being said, the Lord is is so faithful to take that sustained period over time and really and really do some things. So some basic benefits, I think, are you know, just seeing in our kids a basic knowledge of the Bible and how the different parts of the Bible fit together. Uh, that's been something that's, that's been really, mm-hmm. really neat. Another thing that's been cool in the last few years, as our kids have gotten older, one of the ways that we've shifted this devotion time uh, has been to actually try and pass off the leadership some to, to the older kids. So now, you know, we do this five days a week, and there are five members of our family, and so everybody leads the devotion one day. And so it's been neat to see in our older kids them getting comfortable not only with, with God's Word and reading it for themselves, but them actually seeing, boy, I can, I can really lead a conversation about this. I can actually, 
you know, I can actually talk through some of these principles in a way that's helpful to, to other people. Wow. Um, I think the, the biggest thing, though, is that when you do this on a regular basis, it sort of sets the table for more organic spiritual conversations to happen. I, I kind of get the feeling that, that if a family doesn't ever read the Bible together, that when, it, when a child has spiritual questions, it can be a little bit of an awkward conversation because it's not something that you talk about all yeah. the time. But when you have that regular time, you know, most days of the, of the week, to then, as you're, you know, going to a baseball game or working out in the yard together or whatever, it's just a really, it's a much more natural kind of vibe for, for kids to bring up spiritual issues and for parents to do the same thing. So that's one of the, one of the other wow. really cool benefits of just normalizing spiritual conversations in the home. Man, that's huge. So the two things I heard you say was... Are, when we do these devotionals in our home with our kids, it builds confidence um, in them to understand God's word and know it. And then the second one is that that our kids, uh, it just makes it a normal part. It normalizes it. It's not something that we do at church only. This is a part of our everyday. And so, man, that's huge. Two great benefits that I can see from it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Now, Michael, I know you sort of spoke to how you have the older kids leading, but one of the questions I get pretty often as a children's minister from families who are looking to start a family devotion is what's what's something that we can use for all of the ages in our house? And so you have, if I'm remembering correctly, an 11-year-old as the youngest and a 16-year-old as the oldest. So how do you sort of span that age gap with the topics, with the scripture that you're reading, and with the discussion questions that you're discussing to make sure you're hitting all of those stages? So, boy, it's a great question, and it is a challenge. That that passing off the leadership really does help. Like, it, it helps, especially for the older ones to know I've got some responsibility and for them to feel more invested in it. So that's that's one thing. But I also wanted to be really cognizant of that issue in, in putting together this this particular uh, devotion book. So, you know, if, if people picked it up, one of the things that they'll see that I think makes the book unique is that every single one of the days starts with some kind of very simple object lesson or game or, or you know, story or something like that. It's an attention grabber. It's a hook. And it's, it's not complicated. Like there's, there's no, um, you, you don't have to go build a tree house prior to family devotion <laughs> today, right? It's, it's get a box of cereal from the cabinet, you know, that, that kind of thing. Well, those kind of things I think really do help span the age ranges. Just to give you one example, because our, our family is using this book uh, in our, our morning devotion time right now. And so a couple of days ago, the, the opening illustration was a game. We were supposed to play red light green light across the hall. My daughter was leading it, my 13-year-old, and she goes and stands at one end of the house. Well, that works great if you have, you know, four, five, six-year-olds. Sure. But when you've got a a, 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 a man, a <laughs> 16-year-old boy, and an 11-year-old boy, it actually works pretty well, too, because then, you know, you're grabbing people and throwing them down, and, and do, so it's... You know, it's. I think those things are are kind of adaptable. They they adapt themselves really well uh, and and help try to span those age ranges. That's, that's good. <laughs> that's so good. I, and I love the, those listening of of thinking about man, should I get this or not? Just just to break down how you have it and kind of give us some insight. So you have that show element to each day. 
Then you have a scripture to read, a quick explanation that I love that you make your kids even lead that part. And then the reflection and then pray uh, ultimately at the end. Tell me kind of, there's so many devotionals out there. There's so many different formats. And how'd you land on this kind of rhythm with, with each day? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it really was out of our, our personal experience. Um, you know, in, in the books that we've read, um, you know, we've always found that anytime there was some kind of illustration, that was really helpful for holding people's attention, for holding our family's attention. And so I wanted to make sure that every day there was something like that. Um, and then, of course, I, I, you know, you, you, you want to make sure that you're actually opening God's Word together. But I also, you know, it didn't feel like we, we wanted to put, you know, two chapters of the Bible to read out loud. So those, those verse segments are meant to be very manageable uh, yeah. and readable. But then also, I wanted parents not to feel like they were just sort of hanging out there on an island. I, I know that for some parents, it's actually it's intimidating, right, to open up the Bible and read some verses, because then it, it requires a level of explanation from you, from your children. So to have a section there that, again, is, is very simple, it's pretty short, but just some some jumping off points and handholds that, that a parent can easily look to and say, well, this is in a nutshell what this means and how it relates to the broader story of Scripture. And then an interactive uh, portion where, where kids actually get to answer questions. Maggie, this is going back to one of your, your questions earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really tried with those questions to kind of intersperse them between different kinds of questions. So some of them are fact-based questions, what happened in this passage. But then some of them are more reflective questions. Uh, you know, what do you think about this? Uh, and then there, there are other questions that are much more personal. Um, what is something our family is waiting for right now? We had that question this morning as we were reading uh, about Abraham and, uh, and Sarah waiting for the birth of Isaac. Um, so that's, that's the, the way. All of those things fit together, uh, hopefully. Hopefully they fit together in a way that is logical for parents but again, something that is, is really attainable in 15 minutes that can really be done in one sitting. Mm. It's good. And, and what we like to say with resources like this, it's kind of just gives us handlebars as mm-hmm. parents. Yeah. You know, we, we just kind of hop on and, and we use it and, and we go. But let's say we go through the whole year. Do you have another one? that you're, you're writing or what's, oh, kind, of, what's no. kind of the, <laughs> what would you encourage the families? Like kind of the end goal. I know it's in, on your heart. You, you say it in the yeah, intro. Yeah. You know, the, the end goal is, is for this to be an introductory piece. Now, of course you, you can use it over and over again, right? Like you can use it for a year and then come back and you'll start at the beginning of the Bible again. And it's arranged chronologically. And there, I think there's a lot of value in doing that, but boy, I, I think one of the mistakes that, that, families can make when they approach a daily devotion time is that they set the the end zone in the wrong place as if to say having a family devotion is the end game for our family and in in my view it's really not Uh, i I love your illustration about handlebars um, because that family devotion time is really meant to be a launching pad and I, i would just Look back to Deuteronomy chapter six, uh, which of course you know classic passage about a parent's spiritual influence in their in their home. Mm-hmm. Um, that tells us that God's design for, is for parents to be the main disciple maker of their children. But as you read through there, you see some very 
definite things that the Bible says for, for the Israelites in that context to do. Like, you're, you know, nail these things on your door, that kind of thing. But then it also says, as you're going out and as you're walking together, talk about these things. Well, to, to carry it out, the, the daily devotion time is like nailing it on the door. But then you have all of these times throughout the day when you're actually walking and talking together that you can continue to have spiritual conversations. So it becomes less about the end game and more about the launching pad mm. so that you can create a culture of, of, of spiritual faith, grace, gospel conversations in your home day in and day out. That's huge. And that's, I think that's an important word, the culture in your mm-hmm. home to... Uh, to be centered on God's word, but not just, you know, on Sundays when we come home, maybe we'll talk about the sermon, but have a daily culture of that. That's huge. That's awesome, man. Well, and I love what you're saying because it takes it beyond that checklist mentality that I think we can have a lot of times um, when we're leading families and kids. But I have a question um, specifically for families with older kids. So let's say that parents are wanting to start setting that culture of leading their kids spiritually within their homes, but their kids are in junior high or high school now, and it hasn't been a part of their life up until this point. But they feel led to do a family devotional, but they're worried that their kids might push back or um, not be into it. What would you say to them? How would you encourage them? I, th- I think I would encourage them uh, and and say, boy, it's it's not too late. Now, at the risk of not being self-serving enough as the author on, <laughs> on, on this podcast, yeah. I'm not sure if that's the scenario that this is the right that this is the right book for for families in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. It might be, but 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 then again, it it might not. Um, depending on you know what is interesting to your kids. Boy, there are plenty of other resources to be able to do to be able to facilitate this. So I, I think what I would say to, to parents like that is, look, you you can do this if you make the decision to do it, and you have realistic expectations about what you're trying to accomplish. It's okay to have the expectation. You know, we've never done this before. Our kids are firmly in their teens, and we want to start doing it. It is okay to have the expectation of. We are going to open the Bible, we're going to read four or five verses, then we're going to pray together. And that is just the expectation that you have to, to begin. Wow. That's, that's an okay thing. Uh, I think sometimes parents, just, you know, we, we put a, a lot of pressure on ourselves, and some of that is good pressure in terms of responsibility. But at the same time, it, we, we need to be realistic. Uh, now, just because that's where you start, it doesn't mean that's where you have to finish. It can be a sliding scale. So, you know, we've, we've done this for six weeks and it's worked well. We're going to try to add something else in here uh, to be able to, you know, to be able to in- increase the volume, so to speak, on what we're doing. But I think that's an, it's an okay thing for parents to hear, you know, when you start out with this, let's, let's be realistic in defining what it is that we can really accomplish together. Yeah, I think managing expectations for the parents, not necessarily That's the good. kids, mm-hmm. but for the yeah. parents yeah. of saying, because I, I, I've had conversations with, you know, moms and dads, so I'm, I'm, I'm just no Bible expert, like this, they're super intimidated, and they feel like they don't, they're not qualified, because they put these expectations, but if we manage those of saying, hey, you know what, we're going to read and grow and learn together, I think... 
for the high schoolers that, that to see mom and dad be real and raw. It's like, you know what? I don't have all the answers. I'm reading something maybe for the first time because, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't either grow up in church or hadn't really spent a lot of time in God's word for those parents to be honest of saying, let's, let's figure out what this means together. I think that speaks so much more and it's more impactful than the parent who tries to f- have it all figured out, you know? So for those, for those parents that are, um, you know, listening and, uh, maybe even some church leaders that are listening, uh, you know, as we wrap up, just thinking about your book and how we uh, inter- introduce this to families, how we get this in front of families to encourage families. You know, what would you say to that parent who who's standing at the book the bookstore? They grab a copy, read the cover. Like, what would what, what's your elevator pitch of like, hey, here's why you need to do this? You know, I I think it would be. That, that you need to do this. And by this, uh, I mean, read the Bible and pray with your kids and not necessarily just this book, but you need to do this because God, God has called you to do this. He really has. Um, it, it is, it is our joyous responsibility to, to play, uh, uh the, the most important role in our kids' spiritual development. So the Lord wants you to do this. You have an advocate in the Lord for this for this practice, and then whether it's this book or some other one, that let let the tools then help you. Don't try to shoulder that responsibility all on your own, and don't be too proud to to not let the tools that are available help you do it. Mm. And for this book in particular, uh, I would say you know I, I I think it will be helpful. I pray it will be helpful, and I pray it will be very simple, easy, and engaging to you, something that will hold your children's, uh, that will hold your children's attention uh, for 15 minutes or so uh, as you guys discover God's Word together. Powerful stuff. So the book is The Whole Story for the Whole Family, A Year of Jesus-Centered Family Devotions. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, you tell, how can we get a hold of the book? Where's it at? Everywhere? It is. It is it everywhere. Uh, but there's sort of a, a central hub. If, if people, you know, of course, they can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever they would want to, to find it. But uh, they can also go to wholestorywholefamily.com. And it, it links out from there to various retailers uh, and, and that kind of thing. They can find it there. Perfect. So wholestorywholefamily.com. We'll put that uh, link on the description of the podcast and you'll be able to access more of that stuff. Michael, thank you for your time today, man. It's my pleasure. So great to meet you guys. Love talking about these issues, and I'm so thankful for the work that you all are doing. Absolutely. Thank you, man. And again, the book is called The Whole Story for the Whole Family, A Year of Jesus-Centered Family Devotions. Man, just grateful for you. Thank you, Michael. 